0: Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis, Alongside me, as always, is Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, man?
1: Thank you for that energetic uh, introduction. Yes, I'm good. My biorhythms are back in order. You sure? I'm good. You had a couple of five-hour energy shots this morning? Yeah, or yeah, or yeah? really? <laughs> I needed those on Monday.
0: I... I know, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Apologies, apologies. My energy level wasn't quite there. Right. On when
0: place. they uh, connected with you for the show, Mike, I uh, thought we are going to have to put a mirror in the end of it.
1: Exactly, exactly. But no, I'm good, I'm good. And, you know, look, we're all entitled to a day like that every once in a while. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, we have a lot of things to talk about, Mike. We have some breaking news coming out this morning, as well as talking about some of the other things in sports, including at the end of the show, the NHL and the NBA drafts we're going to get into a little bit. So, Mike, let's start it off
1: quick because we have so much to talk about. Today in sports. Today in sports, I'm going to go on back to 1985, and this is actually a rather amusing one. Um, I'm going to throw a name at you, Jonathan. Let's see if you can make a connection. Name is Wilbur Snap. Wilbur Snap. Yes. Any idea? The creator of Slim Jims. Ooh, nice try. Thanks for playing. Wilbur Snap uh, was the organist for the Philadelphia Phil's Single A Clearwater team. Who was ejected from a game by the umpire for playing three blind mice?
0: Ah, uh, come on! Yeah. Actually, you know, I, you know, I remember hearing about. I was going to so.
1: say, come on, you should have remembered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, he ultimately went on to become actually rather famous. Wilbur Snap did mm. uh, a lot of people were used to write to him and ask for autographs what have you. And after that incident, he always signed it, Wilbur Snap, three blind mice organist. Yes. Well, that was his way of, uh, you know, recently, too, at a minor league game. Not that long ago. They did, actually. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yep, they did. Uh, This was his way, actually, of uh, obviously uh, voicing his displeasure over a call. You know, I remembered the incident. And when I went and I started researching it uh, this morning, I had forgotten that the guy was the Phil's organist down in Clearwater. I I completely did not make the connection. Wow. You know, I just remember that there was an organist who had been ejected. It's actually very amusing. That is pretty, pretty
0: funny. Got to love today in sports. Good history, Mike.
1: Thank you. Now let's
0: get into this breaking news, and I'm sure our good friends John and Scott over at Sports Blogger Radio are uh, hanging their heads uh, and tearing up a little bit today. Um, Guess what, Mike? Aaron Hernandez was arrested this morning at around 8.45 a.m. this morning. uh, Attleboro Police Department went to his house, rang his bell, a jury-eyed Aaron Hernandez answered, of course, in nothing but basketball shorts, no T-shirt, and made the face, oh, crap. As soon as they must have said, Aaron Hernandez, you are arrested. Of course, a couple of minutes later, they emerged from the home, leading Aaron Hernandez, hang in, you know, wasn't hanging his head in chain, Mike. Typical thug expression on his face, spit into the bushes, and he just kept on walking. They put him into the police car. Um, right after that, Mike, New England Patriots released... Aaron Hernandez, uh, from what you've seen this morning, what's up?
1: Well, we're not going to know exactly what the charges are. Uh, the officials have kept that under wraps, and I think that's wise. Uh, apparently, no one will know what the charges are until uh, the actual arraignment, which will be sometime this afternoon. But make no mistake, Jonathan, you and I were talking earlier, and I believe that the New England Patriots know what the charges are. Yeah. I think that's why they moved as or, uh New England Patriots uh, I think that's why they moved as quickly as they did okay. um, Otherwise If they don't know And they were to release him I, I don't think that that's a fair way to treat An individual No, no. Uh, I, no. I think that the Patriots are, uh, Do have knowledge of what uh, The extent of this is And what the magnitude might be It would seem to me too that it's not going to be Whatever the charges turn out to be They are not going to be something that's going to be Bailable or plea bargained. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something that's going to be uh, serious enough that's actually going to force uh, 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 Hernandez to actually have to appear in court, that there won't be any way to get around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that the, what the Patriots wanted to do was get ahead of the situation. Yeah. Well, put it this way. Even, listen, it's troubling enough,
0: Mike, even to be connected somehow. I mean, it's not going to be a mistake that you're connected to a homicide. There's got to be something there that, that leads. An entire police department to believe that you were connected into this somehow.
1: Uh, okay, I'll,
0: I'll Whether it just... is, you know, whether, whether it is as a murder, whether it is as an accessory to murder, whether it is obstruction of justice, there's something there that led them to Aaron Hernandez in the first place, correct?
1: Obviously, obviously, and and, and frequently, you know, the old the, the old rule, the the adage is, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, however, Jonathan, I uh, this is why I kind of reserved and have continued to reserve some judgment on this particular case. Because you and I both know that in this era today of information moving as quickly as it is. Absolutely. That frequently the media can manipulate the police department to, you know, connect the dots sometimes unfairly. Mm. Uh, you know, that's why I kept saying for many days now, everybody just shut up, let it let it play out its course, let the authorities do their job and let's see where this goes. Well, you know, the Alabora
0: Police Department aren't saying a word.
1: No, and I I think that's why. Yeah, exactly. But
0: from everything, I mean, listen, how many times are you going to search one person's house continuously, get into wetsuits to get into lakes nearby the house and everything, check dog hats, check everything, and then just a few days later, guess what? They're at your house arresting you.
1: Sure, sure. So,
0: something to bring him into custody today, even if they brought him in on obstruction of justice charges, I think that's something that they would have announced, Mike. Perhaps. But... For them to do this without nobody knowing, because even all the reporters that were at the scene said they had absolutely no idea that the Attleboro Police Department were coming in that morning to arrest him. Right. They must have found some type of smoking gun.
1: Again, perhaps it would lead you
0: to believe that.
1: Perhaps Perhaps, right. We're seeing. You you know, we will know shortly enough once the arraignment takes place. We'll know exactly what the charges are. Now, that's not to say that we'll know exactly what evidence the authorities have, but will at least know what the charges are, and by knowing the charges, one could assume that they've got more than enough evidence. Yes. So I think, again, you know, we we, we just have to wait to see what those charges are. I would agree with you. I don't think we're talking about necessarily a straight obju- uh, uh, obstruction of justice no. case here.
0: No. No.
1: Put it this way, Mike. If everything we heard is true...
0: And he smashed up his home security system and got rid of some video evidence. Uh, Cleaning crew is coming in, scrubbing his house down from head to toe, only hours supposedly after, um, you know, this victim, Odin Lloyd, was killed. And then his lawyer handing over Aaron Hernandez's phone in a Ziploc bag smashed to a gajillion pieces. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not something an innocent person would do. Agreed. Right. Uh, But if it's true, everything that came out through the
1: media. Right. Uh, As I pointed out, pre-show, my problem with obstruction of justice uh, charges is that you have to have evidence that there was evidence. Mm -hmm. And if the only evidence that they had were those things that, in fact, Hernandez destroyed, then you don't have the evidence, if you understand what I'm saying. There has to be ancillary evidence to prove that, in fact, he obstructed justice in some way or another.
0: Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. With the Patriots releasing them, I had a couple of conversations with some people around the sports scene this morning. They don't believe the Patriots know anything. I believe the Patriots do know something. That's why really? they got them as quick as they did.
1: Yeah, and just out of curiosity with some of the folks that are saying that they don't think that uh, they know, what leads them to think that? Because I agree with you. one I'm, I'm They think the
0: Patriots are just like us. I'm like, come on. Listen,
1: the Patriots
0: have been notified possibly by the police department. By lawyers from Hernandez, by everybody, they know something. They do. They're closer to the investigation than the media are. They're closer to the investigation than we are, Mike.
1: So these other folks that you've spoken to actually believe that the Patriots would knee jerk on this and just release them? Yes. Yeah. Because of uh what appears to be uh as I pointed out earlier, behavior unbecoming? Yeah. Well, see I think I, I, I don't think that the I, I don't think any good team would or should do that. You wait to see what's going to happen. If you don't have any real knowledge, and I agree with you, Jonathan, I think that the Patriots do know. Yeah, the NFL
0: released a statement this morning saying the
1: involvement of an
0: NFL player in this kind of case of this nature is deeply, deeply troubling. Correct. Also, not only did the Patriots release Aaron Hernandez, they basically scrubbed all traces of him throughout the team, removing all of his merchandise from the team store, taking his name off the roster on the team website, everything. He's gone. He is no longer associated with the New England Patriots in any way, Mike. Right. So, come on. they got to know something.
1: Well, now, as I pointed out, though, Jonathan, remember, uh, uh, in this era that we live in, a lot of these uh, players do sign clauses in their contracts that uh, address exactly what I was talking uh, talking about before, and that's behavior that's unbecoming. Uh, So his mere implication in this could be enough. That if the Patriots wanted to, they could say that he broke his contract, and therefore we are releasing him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, Mike, though, I, you know,
1: I, was I, don't think that's the case.
0: I, I watched him being arrested multiple, 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 multiple times already. Just the reaction on his face being let out, uh, spitting into the bush, holding his head up high, Mike, like, whatever, you know, I'm a big shot. I mean, I mean, even that alone, you know, just in his face, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't look like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And that's bad. You know, that's, you know, like I said, we all know the Patriots knew something was going on anyway because he dropped, we, we we have reports from Sports Illustrated that he dropped into the fourth round because teams are worried about him with gang-related activity and, you know, trouble with drugs at college and everything. So, you know, is this just the Patriots now just saying, oh, well, he's in, he's linked to this? Innocent or not, guilty or not, we're just going to get rid of him anyway because we don't need this kind of publicity?
1: Well, I think they would be within their right to do so if, in fact, that was the motivation. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I don't think that that was their motivation. I believe that the Patriots, and I think most teams, would not go and uh, abandon an individual, particularly somebody that's getting the kind of – I guess has gotten the kind of recognition that Hernandez has gotten – Without giving that individual the benefit of the doubt, at least for a couple of minutes. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, we've got a situation. Uh, I sent you over, it's interesting. I sent you over a situation uh, that was reported on this morning where the Cleveland Browns currently have one of their draftees yeah. that is potentially being brought up on. Um, attempted murder. Attempted murder charges. Oh, sorry, Walcott. And this guy, this guy has not even played a single down yet professionally in the NFL. He's mm-hmm. a draftee that they just came to terms with last week and signed. Now, the Cleveland Browns did not drop this guy immediately. They haven't gone and made any statements that he's been released. No. So I you know, you what you I think what most organizations will do is they're going to take a wait and see approach, at least as I said, for a couple of minutes and give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I think, in this case, this case, I think in this case, as we're, as we're saying, I think that the uh, – I think the Patriots have, have some knowledge that we don't have. Yeah, well, with this case
0: with R.C. Walcott, the guy's alive. He's in critical condition. They basically – he's charged with attempted murder right now, but who knows if he was defending himself. Correct. You, so, know, the, you know, of course they're going to charge him with the attempted murder. They're going to investigate, and if they deem it not, the charges will be dropped. In this case, though, I mean, you know – To me, it looks like the cops have some kind of a smoking gun. So, I mean, that's my opinion. But, of course, we'll find out more today on the arraignment. We'll see. If it's not obstruction of justice charges, Mike, and they don't announce the charges, you know the charges are going to be much more severe than obstruction of justice. Correct. So we'll find out what's going on with that. Um, It's going to be a story we're going to be covering for weeks, possibly months on end, Mike. No doubt about it. Yeah, I agree. Let's bring in a call real quick from the 646. I think this is our good friend Big Joe from the Bronx.
2: Yes, it is. Big Joe from the Bronx. Long <laughs> time no speak, fellas. How the hell
1: are you guys? Very good, Joey. Thanks for giving us a call. I appreciate it. I haven't heard from you in a long time.
2: Yeah, man. I've been doing the working thing and whatnot. It's been a busy ride for me of late. So I'm, I'm day off today. I said i got to get these guys a call, man. It's been a while.
0: It's about time, man. We miss you. So you're listening to us talking about the whole Aaron Hernandez thing. You're seeing the video of him being arrested. You've been reading the stuff, and you know... What's been leaked out, supposedly? What's your opinion on the whole matter?
2: Uh, honestly, I, I think we need to talk about bigger, the more important NFL news regarding, forget about Aaron Hernandez. There's bigger <laughs> news that's going on besides that. <laughs> what about that Mark Sanchez, you know, dropping his pants down and dancing with these two girls? I mean, that's big news. <laughs> I, <laughs> It you know
0: it seems to be that Ducon Bowers from the Tampa Bay Bucks, a guy who was uh, trying to get on a plane with a gun last you know, last year, and he's bashing Sanchez on uh, Twitter today. Listen, he's hey, having fun. The guy works hard. Why not let him have fun?
2: Hey, yeah, live the life, man. Live the life. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: But, yeah, but getting through the
2: whole getting to this whole Aaron this thing. Look, first of all, I mean, bottom line is you're not guilty until uh, all is proven and all facts are set in set in stone. But
3: Absolutely.
2: Right, but the facts are everything is seriously stacked against this guy. And if you look at, I mean, you guys know this guy's history. That's a reason why he fell all the way to the fourth round in the NFL draft when he was coming out of the University of Miami. You know, yep. the guy was uh, supposedly affiliated with gangs while he was in college. Um, drug use, you know, with marijuana, this and that. Um, so you know, he was brought up his upbringing was that of someone who was very troubled, and it's unfortunate because you have a lot of guys who make it into the NFL, the NBA, who grow up in such an upbringing where they're in the projects and whatever, and, you know, they don't have that father figure to guide them in the right direction, and obviously Hernandez is, uh, you know, I don't know his family history, whether his, his dad was in, in there for him growing up or anything like that, but clearly his actions speak for themselves in terms of, you know, growing up that, you know, he, 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 did, he had, he did not have a lot of what we had when we were growing up as kids. Yeah. So when you consider that and, you know, um, and then now all of this, the, the destroying his cell phone into a gazillion pieces, the, 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 the video camera, you know, the calling the, the cleaning ladies, whoever to come over his place to, to, Make the place perfectly clean and whatnot. Listen, all of that speaks volumes, in my opinion, and it clearly suggests that this guy, if if he was not the one who actually pulled the trigger, it, at least he was the one that was one of the main people involved in this, that. That in what led to the, you know, the the shooting of this individual. So, yeah. I, again, this is going to take a long time to process all of this. I really believe it will take many months for this whole thing to play out. But I think that this guy is going to really face some serious time in prison. And I do think that uh, his NFL career, although in in today's sports, man, you know, these (laughs) owners, you guys know it. I mean, this guy could go into prison for five years or whatever, come out, and if yep. a team feels he still brings a lot to the table, guess what they'll do? They're going to sign him to a contract, he's going to get millions of dollars, and he will be back and huddling up with an NFL offense somewhere out there. That's mm-hmm. the sad reality Joey, let me, of all
1: this. Joey, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, the New England Patriots released uh, Hernandez this morning, shortly after he was arrested. Do you think that they know what the charges are?
2: Oh, definitely, definitely, because I agree 1,000% with what you were saying, Michael, in terms of um, if a team is, if a team does not fully know everything that's going on, and they know just about as much as we know, then they will play a wait and see approach. Especially when you're talking about one of the key components of your, your, your football team. In this case, mm-hmm. I mean he's a very important piece to that entire offense.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But you're not going to just drop him like a bad habit if you don't know things that you and I don't know.
3: Right. So yeah, right. I
2: definitely think Robert Kraft. And the entire Patriot front office—they know what's going on. They know what's going to be announced in the next day or two by by the the, the police department and whatnot. But yeah, they they know a lot more than we do, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, they have to, they have to. I mean, we've seen a lot of cases. I mean, look at the Ray Lewis case alone. Baltimore didn't drop him, right? You know, they waited till the whole you know court thing uh, played out. If they would have found them guilty, I guarantee you they would have released them on the spot. Right. You know, well, but they waited out to hear what was going to go on. This is almost mirroring the Ray Lewis case. But yet, it, the Patriots it, dropped it, them it was right, before, Ray Lewis right before Ray Lewis Aaron
2: Hernandez, they both yeah. come from the University of Miami. What is it with these University of Miami players?
1: Oh, well, listen, the, the University of Miami has been notorious, uh, pardon, the, pardon the, the, the characterization, but truly... Uh, yeah, recruits out of there are notorious for for decades. We know that. Yeah, yeah, I
2: know. Michael Irvin, all these guys, and it's like, I mean, the list goes on and on and on with a troubled history of players that come out of that school. Talented players, but just very checkered history behind Correct. them. Correct. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, but I will say one thing, and I know, you know, we're talking about a, a someone who, who died and out of the, the aftermath of all of this and whatnot, but Honestly, uh, it, it looks like the circus has kind of left uh, the Jets <laughs> and kind of did a high sale right on over to New England. All of a sudden,
0: yeah, I think well, lucky people to the guys.
2: circus with him over there.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, you know. What's funny though, too, is that uh, Aaron Hernandez actually, uh, you know, big uh, kick out the sidekick here for letting us know.
3: He actually hired Ray
0: Lewis's attorney for this case. Yes. Yeah, which is, uh, I believe, uh, Atlanta attorney Ed Garland.
2: Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I have no words for
0: that one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Colin said,
2: well,
0: uh, yeah, Hernandez's attorney said, uh, at some point I would be aggressive to state my client's innocence. If all that comes out is negative, it can have an effect on the potential jury. You can't have the public hear one side for too long, and he went on to say, uh, you know, possibly, you know, basically all the same stuff he said in the Ray Lewis case. So, I hope he kept wow. all his papers. Yeah. I mean, you might as well just use them.
2: Well, in a world where we're dealing with Brian Cashman telling A-Rod to shut the F up and all of this stuff, uh, guys, prepare for a lot of media coverage with this because it is not going away anytime soon.
0: Absolutely. Got that right. talking about that later. All right, Big Joe, thanks for giving us a call, man. We miss you. you got to call in more often, man. Will do, gentlemen.
1: All right, Joey, take care, man. You too.
0: It's always good to hear from Big Joe from the Bronx. Uh, wow,
1: it's been a long time. God. Yeah, one of our favorite
0: listeners here at Fan Junkies Radio. It's been a while since he called in. So
1: Months, man, months. That was good insight from Joey.
0: Very happy he called in. Let's go to, uh, I guess, another tragedy for the Boston area, Mike. And that's the Blackhawks winning the Stanley Cup four games to two. Yeah. Boston ice. Uh, they won 3-2, Mike. They scored uh, two goals in what, 20 seconds?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was 20 seconds, and uh, they won the game in the final uh, minute and 16. Um, absolutely incredible. I mean, i got to tell you, you're sitting there watching the game, and you're thinking, okay, we're going to game seven. That's where I was with it. I, I was fully prepared for the fact we were going to go to game seven. Yeah. And I kind of thought that the series would go to seven games. I, th- I was really hoping for that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Brian Pickles scores at the 1844 mark of the uh, third period, and that ties it. And so then you're sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, well, we're going to overtime. You know, now we've, we're going to have our fourth overtime in six games. Mm. Uh, no, uh-uh, didn't go that way. 17 seconds later, Dave Boland scored the game winner, uh, and Chicago got the Stanley Cup.
0: And that's it for the Boston Bruins, Mike. What do you think uh was a big problem with the Bruins
1: well you know John and I don't know can can you say they really had a big problem? Every one of these games was close, yeah, um they seemed to come up in the last i guess couple of games that I saw. They came up a little bit short in the end of those games, yeah, um. I don't know if you can necessarily blame that on anything.
3: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: uh, you and I both know the NHL playoff season is a very long one. It's a very grueling one. It's very trying. And a lot of times the teams that end up winning in the end are the ones that can survive uh, via uh, attrition. So, you you know, I don't – I wouldn't necessarily say that the Boston Bruins have a problem that they need to address or have problems that they need to address in the offseason. Um. Because every one of these games, you know, if these were blowout games, you know, if they had been blowout games, if Chicago had won this thing, you know, four straight, then I'd say, okay, Boston, you need to take a look at a couple of things here. Nah. But they, but it wasn't that way. It wasn't yeah. that way. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, I'll open it up to you. I mean, you answer the question. I, You know what? They look great
0: to me. It's unfortunate, you know, just unfortunate for them and on their own home ice that the uh, Blackhawks were a better team. I don't know if they... Broke down defensively there at the end. I thought they were playing the same way they played, but I think the momentum just totally swung in the Blackhawks' favor in the game before that, and, you know, they came out firing in this game in the third period. So, exactly. you, know, two, uh, you know, two great teams. It's unfortunate uh, Bruins lost on their home, home ice. You know, you don't really like to have the home fans watching a away team celebrate a Stanley Cup win on your ice. I mean, that sucks for any team. But in the end, you know, hats off to uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Congratulations to them on winning another Stanley Cup. Uh, it was huge for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about uh, Chicago bringing it on in the uh, third period. All you got to do is take a look at the shots on goal. Yeah. Chicago uh, first uh, in the first period they had six, second period nine, and in the third period, wow, sixteen. Yep. All right. So I mean, it's a clear indication that Chicago got stronger as the game went on. Boston, kind of. Petered off a little bit. Twelve shots in the first period, six in the second, and seven in the third. Just couldn't keep up with them.
0: Yep. Well, oh, it is what it is.
1: But now, hockey's
0: over, and I can't wait till next season, Mike. But I got some material for you for your next five minutes at the frat house. Go ahead. Sidekick fell back in his word and watched five minutes of Game Six. Did he
1: just admit that? He
0: just admitted it in the chat room. So there you go. He went the whole lockout season without watching hockey, and then the last game
1: unbelievable sidekick i'm so disappointed in you
0: <laughs> you said yeah i did actually break down for the last 5 minutes my goodness
1: ah oh. there you go man you got to make
0: some nice little screenshots and get it up and running for 5 minutes at the fried house man you got to bust his chops a little bit
1: you know is there any honesty in the world any longer there isn't you know there isn't well, when a guy well, like
0: you know, sidekick cannot even go back you know you know cannot keep his word <laughs> there's no honesty left in the sports world
1: uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, great, uh, great. Honesty. Honesty. Uh, how about that? How about honesty this way? Ilya Brizgalov, uh, Jonathan, is going to get paid $39 million and be on the Flyers payroll until 2027 for two years' worth of service. Can you imagine that?
3: Wait, Talking about I...
1: honesty. Who was that? Ilya Brizgalov. Oh. $39 what? million he's going to get paid. I mean,
0: and you know what? It's, he is getting paid $39 million, but it ain't his fault, right? So let's get into that. something we were talking about uh, before Danny Brewer got bought out. We said, is Briere? Uh, is uh, Brisgalo going to be bought out? And all of a sudden, boom, Brewer's bought out first. Well, guess what? Philadelphia Flyers used their second compliance buyout on their goaltender. And now, Mike, your Flyers are left with Steve Mason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So now, you know, does that Bernier deal look uh, a little bit better for Philly if they made it?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I was actually a little bit surprised, uh, a little bit, a little bit surprised, that they, I guess they don't call it an amnesty in the NHL. They call it a, uh, what's the phraseology they use um, for buying out the contract? Uh, But I was a little bit surprised they amnestied him only because, I'm not quite sure what their goaltending plan is at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't have a heck of a lot of faith uh, that Mason is a 82-game goaltender. He's not. He's not. So, having said that, I thought perhaps maybe the Flyers would have held on to Brisgala for one more season uh, and perhaps make Mason the number one guy and have Brisby the the backup. Mm-hmm. But uh, – now I'm wondering what their plan is. You know, a lot of people in Philadelphia are real high on Mason. I got to be honest, I'm not. I don't see I don't see anything special from the guy. No. So, uh, you know, is he a serviceable goaltender? Yes. Is he a spectacular goaltender? No.
0: But you know what? Right there, that's that's Marty Biron, and you guys had a serviceable goaltender that wasn't spectacular. Right. And you saw what Flyer fans did to him. So they wanted him gone in a second. So.
1: You know, I guess we'll see what how it how it all plays
0: out. Now, let me ask this to you because I've seen a lot of Steve Mason, Mike. He's not an 82 game goaltender. I honestly don't even believe that he's a 60 to 65 game goaltender, which is bad because next next season, guess what? You're going up to the full game again. Right. Um, already, we're hearing a little bit of things of guess what? Well, you didn't want to give some prospects up for a guy like Jonathan Bernier, who could potentially be a you know, the future goaltender of your future, all of a sudden now we're here in Lynx, uh, Vancouver, and Philadelphia, man. What, you, what would you think if they gave up a bunch of their prospects more than
1: Matt Reed and maybe Sean Couturier to uh, Vancouver for uh, a Roberto Luongo? Well, from what I understand, that's not going to happen. It. it that, that, I mean, I, I, this, is what I, this is what I've heard from a lot of analysts, a yeah. lot of Flyers analysts right here, some of them really quite knowledgeable. Yeah. Luongo's not coming here. Yeah. And that's not because Luongo uh, may not want to; it's because the Flyers don't aren't, aren't interested in bringing Luongo in. And uh, from everything I've heard, it, it, that, that might be the right move. I don't know. Okay, so uh, they're not
0: interested in bringing in a All-Star caliber goalie. Mm-hmm. Where do you see them going? Uh,
1: you, you know, see so you're
0: speechless because most Flyers fans are.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my concern yeah. is we're going to end up seeing a second-rate uh, backup goaltender. On the bench, and that uh, Mason's going to be the number one guy, and they're going to try to get as much juice out of him as possible. I don't know how that uh, experiment's going to work.
0: Um. Well, let's take a look at some un- un- unrestricted. Yeah, we've already, Goalies.
1: I've already looked at quite a few of them. And you know, really, I'm not enamored with, this, with Nicholas that
0: Backstrom, list. Tim Thomas, Nikolai Hobby, uh Ray Emery is one. I doubt they'll bring him back, Mike. Uh, Chris Mason, you might have the Mason uh, tag team there. Michael Whiten.
1: I am not. Uh, I'm not enamored with the list. I've already looked over the free agent list. Uh, the name, actually, Jonathan, interestingly enough, that does keep getting thrown around uh, right now is Emery's name.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So, but why like, he was strong because why he had a strong goalie behind him and in front of him all season as well. So. Fact. Hey, you know there are some names out there, Mike, uh, but none of them are enticing at all for your Philadelphia Flyers. So, uh, do you think uh, the Flyers pulled the uh, the trigger on this too soon without thinking about who could take that spot? Or
1: I, I agree. I think that probably what they wanted to do. I and I. I mean, Paul Hungerin addressed a little bit of it yesterday. I think some of it was a business decision. I don't think it was. Sorry, I don't think it was a complete business decision. I think some of it was. I think that they wanted to free up some cap space uh, as we approach the draft and as we approach uh, the free agent yeah. situation, because the Flyers, as you well know, and you pointed out yourself, uh, Jonathan, have a number of holes that we need to fill.
0: Yep. Well, we'll find out more about that as uh, the season progresses because guess what? It's just starting, so there's going to be a lot of moves yeah. in this NHL offseason. I'm looking forward to that because, man, I want hockey back quick. Uh, Mike, before we get to the next topic, I just want to let you know because I know how you love when kids get offers from high schools, from colleges at the young ages of 15 and below. Oh,
3: that's ridiculous.
0: ESPN Today magazine, Kids in Sports on the cover Dylan Moses 15 years old and already has office from LSU Alabama and Texas.
1: You can't hear me saying anything because I'm just over here shaking my head. I'll uh, save that issue
0: for you. So. I
1: appreciate that. Yeah, I would like to uh actually I would like to probably uh did you say that which magazine is that? Yes, uh, Panda the magazine, their new it's called The Kids in Sports yeah. Issue. Oh, God, there we go. It's ESPN Magazine again. Oh, I knew you were going to love it, man. I knew trying to Trying to find an ESPN Magazine, believe it or not, is absolutely impossible around here. I ended up trying to find one a couple of weeks ago, and I think we ended up uh, going to about ten or more different places to try to find one.
0: It's not mm-hmm. worth the guess, Mike. Not...
1: Actually, I don't like the magazine, but occasionally they do...
0: Once in a of- very blue moon, there's a, there's a good story in it. Honestly, yeah. I, I get it because I just end up getting it for mostly most of the time, absolutely nothing. So I get it just to have. Right. And uh, usually the best stories in the book are uh, the stories on the last page. So not a big fan of the magazine at all, Mike. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I get a lot of sports magazines, Mike, and there's really not any that I'm a fan of anymore. You know, sporting news, I liked it better when it was a newspaper, but, you know. I
1: still like my SI.
0: Oh, you know what? That's another thing. You know what? Let's talk real quick about this, Mike, because this came out before, but a 77-year-old golfer, I can't remember whose name it is, he's going to pose naked for the body issue.
1: Oh, well, that's – what's his name? Um, Yeah, I can't remember his name. Gary Player. That's Gary Player.
0: Yeah, there you go, Gary Player. Gary Player, yep. How you feel about that, man? You gonna run out and get that body issue, or what?
1: No, I think I'll pass on that. I think I'll pass on that. That's the that's the ESPN that's doing that as well. That's coming up. Yeah. That, is that? I thought that was this issue that's out, but you must be the one that's upcoming. Yeah, it's upcoming. Okay. You know, you know and, and, listen. I don't know why, but I just don't like that issue. I mean, of course, when there's you know
0: there's some great, great uh, you, know, you know hot, sexy athletes in it, Mike. When they uh, you know take some of the females out. And uh, you know, I'm sure the girls run out and get it when there's you know guys like uh, Rob Gronkowski in the issue. Um, I, I just I just don't like it. I, when I get it, I I be- I either skim through it real quick and get rid of it, or I just you know don't even look at it.
1: Yeah, there's there's a number. Uh, obviously, there. I think the spread's got a number of different athletes involved in it. Yes. Gary oh, Pler- oh. Gary Player is just one of them. Um, there are a number of others I've already heard are appearing in it. Um, I don't have the names right at the tip of my tongue, but. Uh, oh, what's her name? What's her name? Uh, my uh, uh, drag, drag racing. Uh, uh, Courtney Force is actually going to appear in it.
0: Yeah, Misha Tate's going to
1: be in it. Matt Harvey
0: from the oh, That's
1: right. Matt Harvey. I heard Matt I believe Harvey. he's
0: actually going to be on the cover. Uh, Courtney Force, as you said, Colin Kaepernick. There's going to be a lot of people. In it.
1: Colin Kaepernick?
0: Yes, Colin Kaepernick.
1: Oh, wow. I won't know whether to look at him or read him.
0: Let me see if I can grab the roster here. Okay, so here we go. You ready for this? We have Kerry Walsh, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Swin Cash, Courtney Forrest, John Wolf, Vernon Davis, John Eisner, Cindy LaRue, Carly Booth, Joffrey Lupel, Mike, Elena Height, um, the tennis player, I can't remember her name, um, Agnieszka Radwanska, Chris Sharma, Delia Ojeda, Misha Tate, Marlon Esparza, Tara Geiger, and 77 year old golf legend Gary Player. I'm oh, wow. so looking forward to John Force in that issue. So
1: compelling, compelling stuff.
0: Look at that. Yeah. Well, happens.
1: Um, yeah, it is what it is.
0: Let's talk a little baseball here real quick. I've right? got a little uh, under 25 minutes left in the show and uh Brian Cashman turns around and tells Alex Rodriguez, "Alex, shut the f up." Because Alex Rodriguez came out talking about um him getting back into playing mode. Right. A lot of other stuff. Alex Rodriguez says, I will continue to work hard until my efforts get me back in pinstripes and help my team win. The tweet was pure excitement about Dr. Kelly's prognosis. Mike, Brian Cashman's tweet telling him to shut the F up. Yankees want to get rid of this
1: guy quick, don't they? I don't know what's going on here, Jonathan. You know, fill me in because, I mean, you know, I don't know whether the general manager didn't like being one-upped uh, or whether uh, he doesn't like, uh, you know, a quote-unquote star player dictating to him, I don't know what the situation was. You would think that uh, for what A-Rod has been to that team, uh, if you're a general manager who is interested in the success of your team, don't you want to get one of your players back as
3: quickly
0: as
1: possible? Well, here's what happened. Alex Rodriguez tweeted, he came out and tweeted, visit from Dr. Kelly
0: over the weekend who gave me the best news, the green light to play games again. Right. When they asked Brian Cashman about it, he said, and I quote, "You know what? When the Yankees want to announce something, we will. Alex should just shut the f up. I'm going to call Alex now." End quote.
1: Right, right. I read, I read all of uh, all of what uh, transpired. Again, though, I go back to my initial question. I'm not quite sure. Uh, you know, is this a situation where simply the general manager Cashman is, is got his nose bent out of shape because he feels he's being one up?
0: Well. Listen, I'm not an A-Rod fan. In fact, I don't even think he should be in baseball, Mike.
1: Well, no, no, no. I understand, but... No, but his tweet was harmless. Uh, that's what I think, too. Yeah. I mean, look,
0: at uh, you know what? Who was the guy, uh, the basketball player that... Uh, uh, oh, no, the uh, football player, Aaron Foster, when he tweeted his x-rays? hmm Texans didn't care. Why not? I, I, you know what, I think that's good for the Texans. You know what? Fans want to know what, if they can get it straight from the player. Why not? I think that's great. Right. I think that's great publicity, and, you know, if if a player can keep... Um, you know, in tune with the fans on his injury while he's not playing, and, you know, fans that are worried, especially in football with the fantasy sports, Mike, mm-hmm. why not? I, I, I thought, and, you know, I hate to stick up for Alex but I thought his tweet was harmless, and I thought Brian Cash was, was uh, way out of line. So Yeah, uh,
1: you know, uh, I think... Uh... Brian Cashman needed to have another cup of coffee or two before he made his comment. I think he should need to have
0: uh, a few extra Valium or some Xanax or something, man. I don't, I don't know what's going on with maybe him.
1: Maybe a five-hour energy drink. Maybe it's bio rhythms
0: were You just send the money yours, man. Oh yeah, yeah. really?
1: I, I no, I didn't get it. Uh, I didn't get it either. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to uh, what to make of it all.
0: Now let's go into this real quick, Mike, because I'm sure you got a little bit to say about this. Eagle coach uh, Chip Kelly has been punished by the NCAA. Sanctions came down against Oregon. Uh, uh, I'm out of the loop on this. Let me know what's going on with Oregon, why Chip Kelly was punished, and why it doesn't even matter that Chip Kelly was punished.
1: Well, Oregon was, uh, apparently it was announced NCAA has placed the Oregon Ducks football program on a three-year probation, uh, and they've lost uh, one scholarship over that period of time. Uh, these were all as a result of uh, recruiting violations under Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly himself uh, was, in fact, uh, hit with an 18-month uh what they call a show cause penalty, which means that if he were to head back to collegiate, to the collegiate ranks, uh, he and whatever team he would go to, whatever institution, would have to strictly monitor uh, his recruitment efforts over that 18-month period. Um, no, it doesn't matter because, of course, Chip Kelly, as we know, uh, made the run uh, for cover that he did, uh, a la p Carroll, mm-hmm. to the NFL, uh many have uh, rumored or at least surmised that perhaps maybe some of it was to get away from uh what was perceived to be you know the the onslaught of, of sanctions now uh the 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 general thinking here is that the sanctions weren't quite as bad as everybody kind of thought they were gonna be mm-hmm. uh yeah Oregon's on three months- or three year probation, yeah, they did lose one scholarship. There were some that thought it was going to be a lot more, that, in fact, they they might have actually been banned from bowl games for at least a couple of seasons. That wasn't the case. Uh, so a lot of thinking here is that uh, this wasn't quite as bad as it could have been.
0: Yeah. The funny thing is on a comment on one of these stories, and I believe it's over at uh, Pro Football Talk, unfortunately. Uh, the one guy said, The real joke is that the NCAA is so slow to act that rule breakers like Chip Kelly have months to plan their escape. Uh, agree with
1: well, uh, you know, listen, we talked about this before. I'll I'll tell you what I would like to see. I would like to see some sort of an arrangement and we talked about, I think we've we've actually addressed this uh, specifically. Yes. Uh between the NFL and the NCAA. I agree. Uh where a coach or even a player would not be able to make this kind of a uh, a move. I agree. I agree. Uh and I think there needs to be some sort of an agreement between the two governing bodies, the NFL and NCAA. No, I don't like it, uh, and it's a, it, I'll be honest with you, it's one of the, you know, some people might feel that it's petty, perhaps maybe even a bit trite on my part, but it was one of the reasons that I did not want to Killy, <laughs> excuse me, in my town, was yeah. because I find it all rather uh, cloak and dagger, and I, I, I really don't trust the guy completely. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this.
0: Um, last year, or actually, no, wow, it's 2000 so, a couple of years ago, uh, with Roger Goodell, when he came out, saying that, you know what, since the Indianapolis Colts sat Jim Tressel for all those games, that he was going to eventually turn around and suspend them because of what happened at Ohio State. Right. I mean, isn't that almost the same thing?
1: Well, it was. That's an interesting That's an point. Yeah, so point. can't the NFL
0: turn around and now suspend Chip Kelly?
1: That's a very interesting point. I had forgotten about the uh, Trestle uh, and, and, and Goodell comment. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh in fact uh, one could use that I suppose as a kind of a, a, a precedent. Yeah. Um it was seven games. Yeah.
0: That they suspended him for.
1: Ah, interesting. I got it right here right now
0: from um I can't remember who actually said this, but at Coach Trestle's suggestion, with Mr. Isery's support, we have decided to begin Coach Tressel's employment effective with our seventh regular season game that season because of uh of course of all the improper benefits that uh he gave players including uh NFL quarterback Terrell Pryor.
1: Right. So, I mean, why
0: can't they do the same thing? Why didn't they turn around and suspend Pete Carroll? Why didn't they turn around and suspend Chip Kelly now?
1: Was that a self-imposed penalty? However, read that again. That sounds like something well, that that's
0: was a r- embarrassing, But, you know, the Colts turned around and did that themselves. I I you know, it wasn't Jim Tressel going up. You know what? I think you should suspend me for 7 games. Nah. Don't work yeah, like that. But you know? I mean,
1: it it was it was it, it was exclusively something that Herschel did uh to to Tressel. Is that correct? Yeah. But Roger
0: Goodell said if the Colts didn't do anything he would have taken it upon himself to do something. Uh, so interesting. You know. Would it have been a more lucrative suspension for Jim Tressa Wouldn't he have would he have not allowed uh, the Colts to even use him anymore? I mean, who knows? So interesting. It really is interesting. But I mean, like you said, there should be an agreement where you know what, you can't I mean, honestly, that's like somebody committing a crime here in America, Mike, and then trying to run down and hide out in Mexico.
1: Excellent uh, analogy. So If they don't like
0: it here, they shouldn't be doing it in sports either. Excellent
1: analogy. Yes, I would agree.
0: Let's talk a little bit about basketball, Mike. We have a few stories here on basketball. Um, Manager Ginobili, San Antonio Spurs, who just lost in the NBA Finals, says he doesn't intend on retiring. Mike, I think this is bad news for San Antonio.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure how to feel about this one, Jonathan. I'm going to be honest. Uh, You know, I, I, Ginobili is a. I don't have. I don't have his numbers up in Um, front. What's his his
0: age? Now. What's his age? He let's see. He was uh, 35 years old. Okay. Right. He is an unrestricted free agent, though. I didn't know that. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was signed.
1: Okay. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to feel about it. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I was not pleased with his play, uh, with the exception of one game, in the finals. Yeah. Um. I I I think that for I think that for a team out there, he probably has something to offer. Uh, but I would agree with you. I think San Antonio ought to make give some consideration to just letting him go. Yeah. You're saying he is an unrestricted free agent.
0: I believe so. He's either in the last year of his three year deal, or he is going to be in a UFA. But I believe he's going to be a UFA. All
1: right. Well, if that's the case, then uh, then San Antonio ought to just let it go. I mean, yeah. I certainly hope they wouldn't consider signing him. I don't know. I, at, at the age of thirty-five, uh, is that somebody you, you know, that San Antonio would want to take a, a flyer on for another two or three no? Years? Because think about it now. If I would agree, I don't think. You know, would... to me, Ginobili, you know, Tim Duncan,
0: you know, Tony Parker, they're nearing the tail end of their careers. Right. To me, Ginobili's already there. Right. Um, I, I love Ginobili, classy guy. You know, good role player for this team, but this was a starter that was coming off the bench this year. So that shows you what they were thinking about with Ginobili as it is. Right. Uh, He did start a few games this year, but not the uh, prolific starter that he used to be. Um, You know, this is a team that needs to get better role players and a younger bench, Mike, as we saw. I agree. In the finals. So uh, if if, if I'm the San Antonio Spurs, as much as it hurts, I would let Ginobili walk if he does want to play. Or if they say, listen, if nobody wants to sign you, we want you back here as some kind of an assistant coach or something. Because... He belongs with the Spurs in some kind of capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, a team will go out and sign him. Maybe a team like the Pelicans, you know, maybe even the Hornets or the or You know, they're going to be the Hornets, so maybe even them. I mean, a team will end up signing him, same like the Knicks, signing Jason Kidd, signing Rasheed Wallace. There will be a team that will be interested in bringing him in for just leadership qualities alone. And, unfortunately, it shouldn't be that way, but it is, Mike.
1: Right. I don't know, though. I don't see – I mean – I don't see him getting a three-year deal with anybody. No, no. I think he'll sign
0: maybe a one-year with a, you know, maybe a two-year and one of those maybe. years being a team option.
1: Exactly, a one-and-one. Yeah. Right, a one-and-one. Yeah. But but who knows? It might future.
0: even be the Spurs doing it. You know yeah. what? We, if you want to stick around, we still want you, but you're gonna have minimal minutes off the bench, and it might even be in games that aren't gonna be important games. So. Right. right. We'll see what happens with Matt and Ginobili, but uh, you know, very classy guy, one of the uh, greats of the game, Mike. And it's you know, if he does retire, it will be sad to see him. Guy, always liked. Yeah, I,
1: I like the guy, too. I just I, I feel that, uh, I, I I like you, I feel that San Antonio needs to get a little younger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's go now to the East Coast with my New York Knicks. Mike J.R. Smith, uh, who won the six Man of the Year Award this season, has declined his option with the Knicks becoming a free agent. He was due to make $2.9 million this year. The Knicks can offer him, though, a four-year contract. That would start at around the $5 million per season mark. Uh, and it would include, of course, the whole standard uh, yearly raises and that, you know, using that early bird exception. Right, right. Um, I'm happy he opted out, Mike. Mm-hmm. I like J.R. Smith to a point, but there there's a lot of other things I don't like about him. He did have a good season, but he showed at the end of the season and going into the playoffs what he has showed his whole career, and that's inconsistency. And he doesn't have the power to not shoot the ball when he's cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knicks need to get a better bench. I think that was one of the things that really hurt them this year, Mike. Of course, with the you know, with Jason Kidd losing Rasheed Wallace, um, you know, just the whole agent on bench caught up to him in the playoffs. They look great during the year, Mike, but in the playoffs is a different story. Agreed. Um, another player the Knicks are most likely gonna lose is Chris Copeland, who came out and was the first rookie, I think, in thirty years for the Knicks that scored thirty to thirty games back to back. And you know, that's two names you're losing, two younger guys you're losing. But in the end, it's because, guess what? They have financial restrictions, and they just can't get these guys back. Mm-hmm. I'm happy Jerry Smith is going. I didn't want to put up with see- watching him come off that bench for another season. Hmm. And it is what it is. But, you know, he opted out of a $3 million deal. So, uh,
1: it, it, What's his motivation here? Is this a payday for him? Yeah, he wants to cash out. And somebody's going to sign him for more than what uh, what uh, uh, the Knicks would have paid him, right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Knicks have a four-year deal at around five, five, $5. <laughs> $5.5 million. You know somebody's going to turn around and sign him and probably end up starting him. Possibly a team like the Pelicans who have some money, Mike. So, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, I
0: hate saying that name, the Pelicans. What a weird name for a basketball team.
1: Uh, yeah, agreed.
0: Um, Here's another thing, too. Now the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they actually made a call into the Boston Celtics to try and trade for Kevin Garnett. Mike, I'm still... Just baffled on why teams are, con- you know, considering taking on Kevin Garnett.
1: I don't get it. I don't get it. I do not get it. I don't understand it. Uh. Yeah, uh, that's about where I am with it. I'm going. Uh, but look, it's the Brooklyn Nets. You know what yeah. I mean? Listen, he's 37
0: years old. The guy's been in the league since 1995. Think about that. It's going into the 2013-14 season, Mike. Mm-hmm. And these teams want a guy that was in the league since nineteen ninety five. We saw how that worked out with a lot of other players. He did score on the average fourteen point eight points per game this year, seven point eight rebounds, two point three assists. It's not saying that Garnett can't play, but it's the fact that these teams want to give up younger assets to bring him in is what baffles me. I
1: I, I I'm 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 speechless and dumbfounded. I don't know where else to go with it. I'm just reading through this. Garnett has a new Drake clause and, and uh 24.4 million over the next two seasons left on his contract.
0: Yeah.
1: Holy smokes. Yeah. Now if the Celtics trade him, and not, exactly. They have
0: to tra- now if they wanted to trade him to a team that could afford him and not bring back any salary, I could oh. see that working for two teams. Wow. But I can't see it working for teams like the Clippers and the Brooklyn Mets. I just don't see how it's uh, how it's how, why, how, number one how it's possible. And number two, why they why they would want to do it.
1: That's uh you that's, see why
0: the Celtics want to get rid of Kevin Garnett.
1: That's a crazy amount of money.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Plus if you think about it, man, you know what? If the Celtics get rid of Garnett, they end up buying out and, you know, releasing Paul Pierce, they could turn around, go after a guy like Josh Smith, then you got Ray John Rondo, you got Josh Smith, you get a little bit younger, maybe even bring Al Jefferson back. You know, that could be uh you know, a whole new renaissance for the Boston Celtics there. So I just don't understand why these teams want him for I don't. I don't either. I mean don't get me wrong. If I had the money and I needed a guy to come off the bench to score 15 points per game for me, I would do it. But I I just don't deem him as a starter right now. Nope. You know, especially for a team that wants to make the
1: playoffs. I I just don't – I don't see it. Let's
0: stick with the NBA, Mike. Let's look at the mock draft. And
1: when is that? June 27th? Uh, It will be Thursday evening, 27th, correct. 27th.
0: All right, let's look at uh, some of the uh, mock drafts here. We're on uh, CBSSports.com right now. Matt Moore, Gary Paris, two of them. First pick, Mike. Cleveland Cavaliers. Matt Moore's got Otto Portis, uh small four from Georgetown, who we know. Gary Parish has Nerlens Noel, the center from Kentucky. If we look down the list, you know, there's a few names that really stick out. Really, no surprises though, Mike.
1: Not really. Um, I'm just looking it over real quick. Uh, McLemore, uh I, I like I like where uh, Moore's got Mclemore going. Uh, number two. I, I think that that's very likely, very possible. Uh, Parrish has got a Mecklenburg going five, uh, four. I don't know about that.
0: Okay. Now let's look at the number 11 pick, Mike. That's your yeah. Philadelphia 76ers. And both of these, they have them drafting a center. Steven Adams from Pittsburgh. Yes. Kelly Olnick from Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Do you think this team needs a center? I think they do. And number two, do you know anything of Steven Adams and Kelly Olnick And which one of these guys would you prefer?
1: The uh, the, the rumor I keep hearing is it will be Olnick That's what I hear. Mm. Um, Of course, this has got to be one of the craziest situations I can possibly imagine. And and somebody's got to tell me, has there ever been a draft where a team was drafting without a head coach? We don't have a head coach.
0: If there was, it hasn't been for a very long time, Mike.
1: I mean – we we've, we've got a brand new general manager that nobody's quite sure where you know what he's going to do and where he's going to go there's been virtually no information out of the Sixers whatsoever we've got a draft coming up in less than 48 hours we don't have a head coach nope. there's been rumor that uh, maybe oh god did you hear the latest on Andrew Bynum oh yeah he's ready to play suddenly
0: Oh, oh, man, and, and, if they and, resign him, man. And
1: the rumor is that there's a very real possibility that the Sixers may re-sign him. Idiots. How do you make these decisions without a head coach? Idiots. What is the game plan here? Two days ago, it was rumored that the CEO of the organization, Adam Aaron, was fired. Yesterday, Adam Aaron shows up to work, and he goes, I don't know where the rumor came from. Yep. What in the world is going on with this team? <laughs> Nothing good, man. There it's a it's a mess. Yeah. It's a soap opera.
0: Especially now that they lost out on getting a good coaching candidate like Brian Shaw who went to Denver Nuggets.
1: Well, it was a day very, ago. It was very interesting because I was listening to one uh radio talk show yesterday, Jonathan. They had a uh analyst on from uh who covers Sixers, a beat writer. And uh the beat writer put forth exactly the theory that I did the other day right here on this show. And that was look for whoever the coach to be. To be a assistant coach or some secondary type of coach, who is basically going to be a pawn for Sam Hankey and the uh, uh, administration of the team. Yeah. So that fits with my Aaron uh, McKee thinking. Yeah. Wait and see. I have a feeling that might be the direction they go.
0: That's crazy. I don't know. Well, like I said, you know, that's the thing. Uh, you know, but still, man, even in the rebuilding phase when you're bringing in rookies, don't you want a good coach to teach these guys before you hit that hot spot? I would agree. You know, so I, I mean, even even the whole porn thing, I, I don't agree with, and that's the same thing where I agreed with uh, a few people on why you know Sandy Alderson hired Terry Collins in New York because I thought I I still think he's a porn, and I think they're gonna get to a point where they are, and then bring in the you know a guy like Wally Backman to be the the, the real coach of this team. So, you know, it's it's you know it's a shame that some people are used for that, and I would hate to see a guy like Aaron McKee used for that, but right, it right. is what it is. So. Um, NHL draft, too, Mike. That's just, what, three days later? That'll be on Sunday, the 30th. Sunday. No real surprises here either. Uh, looking at the mock draft over on myNHLDraft.com, they got Nathan McKinnon going number one to the Avalanche, Seth Jones going number two to the Florida Panthers, defenseman Mike, who's uh, former NBA player Popeye Jones' son. Right. Uh, number three, Tampa Bay Lightning taking Jonathan Drewin. Four, Predators taking Alexander Barkov. Five, the Hurricanes taking Valerie Neschuskin. Six, Flames taking Sean Monahan. Seven, Oilers, Darrell Nurse. And it just goes on and on from there, Mike. Uh, Did you see any surprises at number 11? It seems your Philadelphia team is like picking at number 11.
1: Yeah, 11 is the magic number this year. They have
0: defenseman uh, Nikita Zadarov going to your Flyers. Uh, They need defense, Mike, so why not, right?
1: Uh, Well, absolutely, and I think that's where they're probably going to try to address it. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to need, however, we need a little bit of offense to, you know, whether whether you think that that uh, making the move on Brier's contract was the right thing or the wrong thing, the bottom line was he was still a 15 to 20 goal scorer for you. We need to replace that somehow or another. Yes. So I think they're going to have to make a move somewhere in free agency to get a, a, a forward in here or two, yeah. uh, but a, definitely a defenseman or two. Now we've got, uh, we picked up Streit. Uh, and I think that their are thinking is that he'll he'll provide a little bit of defensive leadership. Ugh. But uh,
0: uh, I'm happy with that move for him.
1: I'm a, look, I, I've talked about it before. I'm okay with it. Let's see let's see what he does. You know, this team needs leadership. Uh, I've already addressed on a couple Straight of occasions. He's not
0: the leader, dude. Let me tell you, I see I've seen a lot of strike over the years. He's not the leader.
1: Okay, well, I mean, he wore the C over there, as I pointed out, and in, and
0: in, because uh, well, there was nobody there before he got there.
1: Well, listen. The Flyers don't have a heck of a lot either. I mean, I think putting the C on Giroux was a mistake.
0: I I, th- I thought the same thing as well. So yeah, I would have rather put it on somebody else than Giroux.
1: I agree with you. Uh, yeah. I, I would have put it on uh, Teeminen.
0: I 100% agree, and I and that's where I said when they picked Giroux to be captain, I said that was a bad bad move, and you saw it in his play. I mean, we saw it even with Yager over at the uh, you know what with the Rangers when they put the C on him. Yeah. Some guys are just not built to be the main guy. And be labeled that main guy. You know what I mean? Right, right. Just happens to be that way. So,
1: one of the, uh, now talking about Zadarov real quick, though, um, I'm over on the uh, Fox Sports uh, draft, and they've got Zadarov going to uh, the Flyers as well. And their notes are, (coughs) excuse me, the Flyers are infamously known for their aversion to Russian players, but beggars can't be choosers. And Philly is still looking for someone who can replace Chris Pronger's sizable presence on the blue line. Zadarov, a Russian playing for London of the OHL, is said to have a mean streak to his game like Pronger and could fit the bill for uh, Flyers uh, general manager Paul Holmgren.
0: Yeah, he's a big dude, man. He matches my size, 6'5", 230 pounds, Mike. And uh, from what I've seen as Zadarov, he's, he's, he's a good skater, man, for that size, which is, you know, you never really see big guys being above average type skater. And he really is. So if you guys end up getting him in, that's, that's a diamond in the rough right there,
1: man. Really is. I'm just curious where Fox uh, Sports got their assessment that the Flyers are known for an aversion to Russian players. Our last two goaltenders were Russian.
0: Hey, you never know, man. I don't know
1: where they got this. Uh, where you have an aversion to it, so. Uh,
0: Nikolai Zhardov? That's the only other Russian I could think of uh, that you had over the years. Yeah, I guess. Uh, man, well. That's it for Fan Jockey's Radio today, Mike. It was a good show, a lot of things to talk about, of course. Uh, we'll keep everybody updated on the whole Aaron Hernandez saga. We will be live at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Friday with former NHL defenseman Jason Strudwick. Really, really looking forward to that show. It's going to be a good one. We're going to talk about uh, just current NHL with him and um, you know maybe a little bit about the NHL draft as well, Mike. Absolutely. Uh, tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sports Blogger Radio. Find out more about Aaron Hernandez's arrest. Find out what the hell happened to the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals and the entire mess that surrounds the Boston Celtics with host John Leary and Scott Blooney. It's going to be a good show with Sports Blogger Radio as well. 8 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow night right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. Uh, so, yeah, so that's it for today's show. So for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis, Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow night at 8 p.m. for Sports Blogger Radio.
1: Have a good one.